We're finishing the Sermon on the Mount this morning. It's actually been 11 weeks since we've been sharing from the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5, 6, and 7 of the Gospel of Matthew. We started out saying we were blessed, the Beatitudes. We talked about some radical teaching of Jesus. We talked about kingdom life. Last week we were focusing on living civil in an uncivil world. Today Jesus kind of puts a a cap sheet on all of it. And everything that he has taught us to this point, he brings us to a point of decision today Which way are you going to go? Are you going to go in at the narrow gate? Are you going to choose the broad way? The Sermon on the Mount lays out a vision for us to live out the kingdom life in the here and the now. It's instructions not just for the future, but it is instructions for you and I how our behavior, how our actions and our reactions should be governed by the Spirit and the presence of God now. Last week we talked about sawdust. Seeing the sawdust in my brother's eye and yet having a two-by-four in my own eye. God helped us with that, didn't he? Today, if you open your Bibles, we start with verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go by in by it. Because narrow is the gate, difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few that find it. Beware of false prophets who will come to you in sheep's clothing. Inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn brushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Now, this is a huge warning. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Maybe you should underline that, highlight that in your Bibles this morning. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Here's another familiar Bible story. Therefore, whoever hears these words of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the wind blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell. Great was the fall of it. So it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught as one having authority and not as the scribes. 
he's given us a lot of teaching over these last 11 weeks. And he's saying, everything I have taught you, if you hear them and do them, you'll be like that wise one building his house on the rock. But if you hear these words and do not put them into practice, you're building your house on the sand and it will fall and crash. So he brings us to a crossroads today. Life is full of choices. We can go back to the Old Testament into the book of Deuteronomy. And it, he says, see, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to keep his commands, decrees, and law. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord God will bless you in the land you're about to enter to possess. But if you turn away and do not obey, if you're drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, and are we tempted and enticed to be drawn away and to bow down to other gods? Absolutely. Materialism, even traditionalism. If you are drawn away to bow down to other gods, I declare that you will certainly be destroyed. I don't know how he can be any more clear. You will not live long in the land you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you. I've set before you life and death. I've set before you blessings and curses. Now choose life. <laughs> that you and your children may live. That you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years of the land. That he swore to give you the land of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He says, I'm setting before you life and death. I'm setting before you a choice. I'm setting before you blessings and curses. Now it's up to you. What are you going to choose? Which way are you going to go? He calls to us today to choose life. Choose you this day whom you will serve. We all have a gate. We have a choice to make, whether it's the narrow gate or it's the wide gate. Jesus brings it into real close focus this morning. John chapter nine, chapter 10, verse 9, he says, I am the door. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. The narrow gate, there's only room for, there's only room for you and Jesus to get through there. You put a cross right there at the beginning of the, of the narrow gate. Enter at the narrow gate. Friends, this is really important. I don't want you to miss it this morning. It will impact your eternal destiny as to which gate you choose. If you don't choose this gate, you won't be welcomed into heaven. Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. There were two funerals in here yesterday. I spoke at one of them. And I never speak at a funeral without thinking about our own mortality and, and thinking about eternity. This particular lady, I did not know it was friends of the Lassanes, 
But she was just diagnosed in September. And now she has passed away. That seems rapid, doesn't it? None of us are guaranteed one more breath. Life is like a vapor. It's here one moment and then it's gone the next. And it only matters what you and I have done with the name of Jesus Christ, with the person of Jesus Christ. Have you chosen the narrow gate? Those who have not put their faith in Jesus Christ are lost forever in eternity. We don't hear about that as much anymore, do we? I know it's not fun to run the aisles on that today, but I'm as your shepherd, I want to be faithful to the word of God. And this is packed right in here to the Sermon on the Mount. These, Jesus is bringing us to a decision. What are we going to do? Why do you think few people find the narrow gate? Probably a valid question, a good question. Has God hidden that? Is it only for a privileged few? I mean, especially in America, we have ample opportunity to the gospel, to the good news. We're talking about on the phone there when Mickey was reading. We, we've got multiple versions we have lots of access to the Word of God and to the, and to, you could listen to podcasts on sermons all week if you wanted to. Why don't people find the narrow road and the narrow gate? Could it be that some sheep are too stingy to give directions to the gate? Or they just don't care to tell others? That's kind of scary, isn't it? God, help us not to avoid opportunities to tell others about how to find forgiveness of sins and eternal life in heaven through Jesus Christ. Few there be that find the narrow way. Oh, God, help me that that I would not be stuck in my own world so much that I don't care about telling others about the way to heaven. Few there be that find it. Could it be that you and I as followers of Jesus Christ are just not engaged enough to show them the way? Number two, people are ignorant of the way to the gate. It's a story about Billy Graham early in his crusade ministry. He was in a certain city and he needed to bail a letter. So he went out of his hotel. He didn't know where the post office was. He saw a young man. Little boy, and he said, do you know where the post office is? He said, sure, and he, he took him to show him where the post office was. Billy Graham thanked him for that. And he said, this evening I'll be speaking at the Coliseum. I'll show you the way to heaven. And the little guy looked at him and said, mister, you don't even know where the post office is. Ignorance about directions to the post office is one thing, but ignorance about how to get to heaven is another thing altogether. Some people are simply ignorant of the way to heaven. That doesn't mean they're stupid. They simply don't know the way. They've either never heard it or they've never understood it for one reason or another. I'm thankful that around our globe today, many are coming to Christ. I've told you before, Christ is coming to some in the Muslim world in dreams. And they are, they're putting billboards up. If you've seen this man in your dream, his name is Jesus. 
They're coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, there are still millions and billions who have not heard about Jesus. That's why missions are so important. That's why we bless and encourage and pray and support Ben at UL. That's why we pray and bless and support Charles and Amber in Istanbul. That's why you give to faith promise and you give to missions around the world. Many have not heard. But it's also why you go to your neighbor. It's why I go to my neighbor. There are many walking up and down Merchants Boulevard aimlessly looking for the answers of life. And you and I know the way to the narrow. We know the way to heaven. We have to tell them about Jesus. Jesus expects us to continue the job of making disciples. Both here and abroad. People here in Lafayette and Acadiana who are unaware of their need for Jesus. It is our responsibility to point them to the narrow gate. Maybe another reason is people refuse to look for it. Or worse yet, refuse the directions given. They're either convinced they already have the truth in some other form. They don't want to hear the truth about Jesus. They may have heard the directions before, but but they decide my way is better. Some of these people might even get mad at you for giving them directions. Many of these folks do believe that the gate is wide. You and I have the responsibility to help people find the way to Christ. God's been stirring in my heart. I've loved Jesus for a while. I've walked with Jesus. But I do believe He's taken us deeper. He's taken us to a whole other level of communion with Him. And as you and I go down in the place of prayer and we seek His face, we will hear His heartbeat. And can I tell you what His heartbeat is? His heartbeat is on the lost. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's why He has not come back yet, because there's still time. He's given us a few more moments to tell others about Jesus. Part of our job to help them find the gate. Jesus expects his people to do it. He equips us to do it. Let's talk about the broad way. There's some wrong thinking about the broad gate. This is one you'll hear. All roads lead to God. That's wrong thinking. Many people believe you can be a Muslim, a Hindu, a Jehovah's Witness, a Mormon, a Buddhist, or whatever. It doesn't matter because religions are all on a journey to God, and God will accept anyone who is religious in any way, shape, or form. Friends, that is not the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Be not deceived. Beware. Number two, as long as I'm sincere, that's all that matters. So long as someone sincerely believes in something, it's okay with God. He'll let you in. (laughs) No. Did you know you can be sincerely wrong about something? 
don't testify for your spouse. I can sincerely believe that the law of gravity no longer applies to me. But if I jump off of this roof, or if I go downtown and jump off a high building, guess what? The law of gravity is going to take over. I can be sincerely believing that I'm above the law. But if I try to rob a bank or kill someone, I'm going to find out that all my sincerity won't keep me from being arrested and might even have to face the death penalty myself. Are you with me this morning? You can be sincerely wrong. <laughs> sincerity in being spiritual and religious just won't cut it. There are lots of people who are sincere about faith, but that doesn't nullify what God says about what it takes to get to heaven. Here's another one. God and I have this understanding. Well, this is a real problem because many of us today, we just we want to walk up to the buffet of truth and and take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And this is my this is how I will get to this is this is what will work. Made some of an arrangement or deal that basically says, I'll just be myself on earth. I'll try not to embarrass you, God. When I die, you'll just let me in, okay? <laughs> Can I tell you this morning, God doesn't make deals. <laughs> He's already done the deal on Calvary, and you either take it or you reject it. Choose you this day. You're going to enter at the narrow gate or the wide gate. But I'm a good person. Well, let's test that. Have you ever lied? Have you ever cheated? Are you still a good person? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being good doesn't get us into heaven, friends. That's a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous teaching. This one comes up, and it really is... It's like there's not even a broad way because God, there's people that believe God won't actually send anybody to hell. We better get our Bibles back out. This is actually an example of no gate thinking. Why would you need a gate if there's no possibility of hell? Jesus is very clear that there is a hell and his descriptions of it are horrific. I'll take you back to, to John 3.16, a very familiar passage. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish. <laughs> That's the choice, eternal life or perishing. Keep reading. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Go on to verse 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. He says here, beware. I think it's the first time Jesus uses this term in his earthly ministry. Beware of false prophets. People will lead you astray. I've told you before, but you need to test your pastor. 
If I ever declare something from this pulpit that is not the word of God, talk to me about it, check me, pray for me. You got we in the world of Google, you can get all kind of garbage. It all needs to be filtered through the word of God. I'm doing my best to declare the word of God to you, but but get into the word yourself and see for yourself if what I say is true or not. Judge the fruit of their lives. If it's not producing good fruit, probably need to remove yourself from it. If you and I were orchard owners and we had a tree that was not producing fruit, what would we do with it? We would cut it down. We'd get rid of it. It's pretty clear that's what Jesus is saying. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. What is that? I don't know if that puts a little scare in you, but that puts a little scare into me that, that people could be in the ministry. They could be casting out demons. They could be declaring things in the name of Jesus. And then to come to this day when it's our day and Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. Wow. That's why we have to test the spirits. And we got to do it big time. First Thessalonians 5.21, test all things, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. He says in there, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Here's your Thanksgiving verse if you want a Thanksgiving message. In everything, give thanks. That's a good word, huh? In everything, good times and bad times, give thanks. This is the will. You want to know what the will of God is for you this week? Give thanks. But packaged right in here in this nugget is don't quench the spirit. Don't despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Jesus, help us to learn how to test the spirits. First John 4, 1 says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit. Are you with me this morning? In this day of confusion, do not believe every spirit. Don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. He says this is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in, come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. The spirit of Antichrist, of anything that denies that Jesus Christ is God come in the flesh, has been around and has been moving in. And you and I have to test the spirit. Now more than ever, we need to be clear in our words and in our living. I'm fearful that sometimes we confess him with our lips, but we would deny him by our lives. I'm a Christian. I believe. But do you get what Jesus is saying here? He who does the will of my father. 
closes with this illustration of building on two different foundations. Jesus was an expert in the scriptures, and so he probably was relying back on Proverbs 10.25 when he, when he gives this illustration. Proverbs 10.25 says, As the whirlwind passeth, so is the wicked no more, but the righteous is an everlasting foundation. Jesus is a carpenter, so he knows how to build. So he's talking about where are you going to build? What's your foundation going to look like? There in, in the Jewish world, likely they would build on sands and sandy ground and, and yet not thinking ahead, not planning ahead for the rainy season. And so the house may stand there for a while, but when the torrential rains come, it would it'd be a, what we would call a good old gully washer. And it would, it would remove the house. So he's saying, you need to plan ahead. You need to be sure of the foundation on which you're building. He makes it real clear about doing the will of his father. I just read the Shema this week in Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. To the Jewish one, they were not truly hearing until they had heard and obeyed. It's the same way as believe in the New Testament. The young people this week, we studied the story of Thanksgiving of the ten lepers that were healed. Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priest. If you look at that scripture, it says, as they went, they were healed. So it was their faith that they put into action, cooperating with the power of God. It's not enough just to give mental or verbal assent to what God, who God is. We have to show it with our lives and our behavior that we are all in for doing the will of God. Who's going to go to the doctor for advice? If you're not going to follow the doctor's advice, why would you go to the doctor? Sometimes we go to the Lord for advice. We walk away by not doing what he asks us to do. Proverbs 14.21 says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. The bottom line in all of this, my dear friends, is that without Jesus there's no hope of heaven. Put your trust in human thinking and the result is hell. Don't be fooled. On the other hand, putting your trust in Jesus. And heaven is yours. Where's your, where's your hope this morning? Which way are you traveling? What road? What gate are you trying to use? If you're not using the narrow, simple gate. You're on the wrong road. A few weeks ago, some of you heard this story. I went on an individual prayer retreat. Try to do that from time to time. And as I got there to the cabin at the campgrounds where they allow pastors to come and do just that. 
got my stuff situated and moved in. And I felt like the Lord said, so why are we meeting? Lord, I wanted to come spend time with you. I wanted you to tell me what the plans are and what's next. And he said, well, you haven't done what I told you to do last time. Mic drop. I started to pack my bags and come on back to Lafayette. I began to write down in my journal the things he reminded me. And can I tell you, most of them were just simple things. It was even taking care of some things around the house. Is that important to God? If he told me to do it, you better believe it's important to him. Which way choose you this day? See, sometimes we want God to give us the big picture. (laughs) We want him to reveal all these big plans. And I just don't think he's ready to do that if you and I are not going to be obedient in what he has already told us to do. Jesus wraps up the Sermon on the Mount. Gives us beautiful illustration. If you hear my words and you do them, you're building your house on the rock. If you hear my words and you don't do them, you're building on sandy shore. So I don't know that your pastor is the only one that has a little trouble with obedience in the small things. And I wonder what the Lord would say to us today if we could just get real. And we could say yes and give a yes and obedience to the next step. <laughs> obedience in the next thing. I believe he would be honored. I believe he would be pleased. And I believe he would begin to do a new work down deep in our hearts. I want you to stand with me this morning. Thank you for putting up with my nasal voice this morning. But if God is speaking to your heart, we didn't come here to play church today. The Spirit of God has been here. And if God is speaking to your heart and you just need to say, Lord, I'm, I'm all in. I've let some Broadway thinking get into my life. I, I, I'm, I need to remind you this morning that I'm here. I'm, I'm walking the path. I'm going to go with you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit is reminding you, son, daughter, that's not right in your life. You just want to get real with God as they sing, as they play. Just step out and come forward this morning. Obedience in the next thing. I know God is here. This is Father's house, and there can be just a Simple yes to what he's saying this morning. Who will be first? Who will say I'm in this morning? Which way? Enter at the narrow gate. Jesus is here. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. None like you. There's none like you. There is none like you. Will you just get honest with God this morning? Choose you this day. this morning and you've never accepted Jesus into your heart it's as simple as ABC admitting that you are a sinner all have sinned and come short of the glory of God B we believe he says if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved It's my glorious privilege to tell you about the good news of Jesus taking your place. You don't have to confess your sins to me, but see, confess your sins to God. By that belief, you put it into action. He says you will be saved. Then we begin walking by faith, walking with him in in the life of the Spirit. Lord, we're opening our hearts. Some of us have followed you. We've, we've declared we're on, on your path. We, we love you. We've accepted you in our heart. But, Lord, we've, we've gotten careless with the things of this world. Today we are repenting. I read in Acts this morning. Repent and be converted. And then there will be times of refreshing that will come from the Lord. He's wanting to do something special for us this morning. As you just repent of the sin. You repent of the error. You repent of going your own way. Spirit of God comes to cleanse. To purify. To sanctify. Not only get us ready for heaven, but to get us ready for heaven here on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He puts us into the work of the ministry, into partnership with him of telling other people about the narrow gate. Lord Jesus, would you just, I'm going to pray a prayer of impartation now. Lord, would you, would you give us a new boldness, a new courage to point people to you. Lord, forgive us of us being wrapped up in our own little world. 
Forgive us for not spending time in prayer and intercession for the lost. Forgive us, oh God, for being wrapped up in our own, our own materialism and our own cates. But God, help us to point the lost and the lonely to the gate. You are the door. You are the gate. You are the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by you. So, Lord, we, we pray a special prayer of blessing, of courage, of anointing. Lord, we're not leaving this place to go to our own selfish ways. We're going on kingdom business. We're going on mission from you to tell others the good news of Jesus. The great shepherd of this sheep, may he equip us now to do everything that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Shake hands with your neighbor and go in his peace this morning.